0: Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster.
1: Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. As our special guest today, we are thrilled to have Peggy Klaus, president and founder of Klaus Associates. From Hollywood beginnings to championing women in leadership, Peggy's inspiring journey led her to author two game-changing books, The Hard Truth About Soft Skills and Brag: The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It. These books have become invaluable resources for those seeking to improve their soft skills and self-promotion techniques. Today, Peggy shares with us priceless tips for self-promotion, including tackling the issue of avoiding the bitch label in the workplace. Peggy reminds us of the importance of taking risks, embracing failure, and ultimately being proud of ourselves. For Peggy, self-promotion and bragging are about finding the sweet spot between being humble and obnoxious, and celebrating our own accomplishments with confidence. Join us for this engaging and inspiring conversation with Peggy and discover how to master the art of self-promotion and be proud of your achievements. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Peggy. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. I am thrilled to have you on today. Um, I have been, uh, um, a fangirl since, oh my gosh, I can't even remem- remember, uh, back in 2007 when we brought you to, um, my old company that I used to work at Goldman Sachs to talk to us about, um, the art of self-promotion because it's something that we always struggle with. And it's amazing to think how we brought you back then that, you know, you've been a subject matter expert in this space for so long, um, and we still struggle with it right and so it's a, it's a muscle we have to build and if we don't use that muscle it gets weaker and so um i'm thrilled to have you here would love for you to kind of introduce yourself share your journey and really kind of what what sparked that curiosity and really honing in on the power of you know the soft skills executive presence the you know the the art of self promotion um but Without further ado, I want to just dive right on in and and hear a little bit more about your story. Tell us, you know, um, how you how you landed
2: where you are now. Well, Monica, it is such a treat to see you again and to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Well, you know, people ask me did you plan your career and i said absolutely not i am absolutely the wrong person to emulate in terms of career planning because i didn't have one Mm -hmm. growing up i thought i would follow in the uh legal tradition in my family and be a lawyer and then i got to college and i worked for ralph nader and became very involved in politics. So I thought, oh, politics, I'll be a politician. But then I started taking voice and acting classes and politics went by the wayside. And I went off to graduate school in London to the drama studio and the Uh Royal Academy of Music and came back to the States where I acted and directed and produced and coached performers for theater, television, and film. So I did a whole reverse thing. And I got to work in Hollywood for several years, and I became frustrated Mm. working on several sitcoms because I don't know really a nice way to say this, Monica, except that the sitcoms that I got to work on (laughs) were rather sexist, racist, and stupid. Right, right. So when friends who were climbing the ladder on Wall Street... Called and asked me to help them with their speeches and with their media interviews. I said, sure. Of course, I knew nothing. I mean, really nothing about financial services. I mean, I didn't know LIBOR from asset management. I truly, and, um, but I knew communications and I knew performance and I found that I loved. Working with people from Goldman Sachs and Credit Suisse and all the financial firms. Um, and they were so smart and eager and ready to break out of the formulaic training that they had been getting. So I loved it. And, um, so then my work in communications for a swath of different industries morphed into women's leadership mm-hmm. and. In all that time, I wrote the book Brag, which is now 20 years old, which I really can't believe. And the soft skills that I really felt were not stressed enough in these corporate environments. You know, everybody talked about the hard skills and the soft skills were, oh, they're so easy. And anybody, no, in fact, you know, as my second book said, um, you know, the hardest skills are the soft skills. Yes,
1: Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And what you say still still rings true. I mean, like you said, your book is 20 years old, but every time I pick up that book and read it I, it, I learn something new or it it like reinforces something that I realize, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. And it's kind of like one of those things where you constantly go back and have to refresh yourself on what are those best practices and how do you do it. And, um, and so it's, it's one of those that, you know, it's dog leafed, it's highlighted, it's like (laughs) notes on the side. Um, And so talk a little bit about that, because you are right. I mean, that is one of the soft skills, um, you know, and what are some of the other soft skills that you feel sometimes are challenging for women? Because like you said, the soft skills you know, they may they may seem simple, but there's nothing simple about them. They're very hard to master and to maintain. I think that's the the hardest thing. So, yeah. share a little bit about that about about the art of self promotion, but
2: also what are some of the other soft skills that you see hold women back? Sure. Um, well, I got the idea for bragging, mm-hmm. but the good way. Uh, because I grew up with a father who said, never toot your own horn. If you're mm-hmm. doing a good job, Peggy, you will be recognized and justly rewarded. And then, as I mentioned, I went to Hollywood, which as we all know is the tooting capital of the world. <laughs> yeah. And I almost ended up living in my car because I couldn't reconcile what my father had told me all those years and then making a success in this world of tooting. Mm-hmm. So when I started working in the corporate world, I also found that people had a difficult time. And I don't want to leave men out of this. I think they can also have a difficult time. Absolutely. But what I found was overwhelmingly that women, because of the bragging myths, uh, you know, everything from it's not nice, nice girls don't do that, humility is a virtue uh you won't get a husband you know or, right. or yes. you know, as as if that's the most important thing we could get and um and i started looking at this in the way that women uh didn't put themselves forward they did great work they put their heads down they promoted everybody else on the team and then when they didn't get the stretch assignment or the bonus they get really pissed off, and I thought this has got to stop. This is crazy. We are missing an entire, uh, you know, level and levels of women who are incredibly smart and gifted, and should be rising in the corporate world. And I just knew that that I had to write this book. And it really went against everything that I had been brought up with, but I had to really look inside and see what my issues with it were. And Mm -hmm. then from all of my experience for those, I guess I had been in the corporate world for about 10 years, Mm -hmm. just anecdotes, as you know, in the book that I use from people. Mm -hmm. They were, they were incredible. And then, um, when it happened, when the book, I got published. I got an inordinate amount, Nikki, uh, of Mickey Monica, of um, you know, press. I mean, huge press. But I also got vilified in the press. I mean, I would have people saying to me, journalists saying, "Peggy, you know what you're writing is is disgusting. You're teaching people how to be braggadocious and obnoxious." And and finally, I would say, you know what, that is my golden life. Mm-hmm. I want on my tombstone for it to say, I left this world worse than when I came in. And then, of course, the sarcasm, they got it, you know. Yeah. Um, but it has been constant of um, this work, doing this work. And then, of course, you know, after the first five years the book was available, we went into a huge recession. Mm-hmm. And then the same journalists... Monica came back and said to me, I am so sorry. I vilified you. Please help me help my readers figure out how to do this. Mm, mm. You know, it yeah, it, well, it was good. a wonderful feeling. And in terms of the other soft skills that I work with people on um, and, and feel that women have a really difficult time navigating, it's uh, the executive presence issue, the... Issue around confidence, courage, Mm -hmm. taking risks, perfectionism, Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those are very prevalent for women. And then, of course, when you have people of color, LGBTQ, neurodiverse, people with disabilities, it's even more difficult. The challenges are more difficult. Mm.
1: Yes. And I think every single one of those you, you pointed out, I mean, we, we address with, you know, our members who join our, our programming and our accelerator. And we talk about those are the things that if you don't learn to master, they will be a roadblock for you. But if you master them, it helps accelerate your success. Um, but every single one of those in the same way that you said, you know, there's an art to self-promotion, there's an art to every single one of those soft skills. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what are some of the techniques that you share with women um, in helping them be more decisive, right, and taking risks? Um, You know, what are some of the things that will help them get rid of the analysis paralysis and really be able to make a decision and move forward?
2: Yeah. Well, I think the first, you need to understand what about this decision is so difficult for you why is this risk causing you such agita? Mm -hmm. Is it the consequences you may face, like losing your job or your status? Is it creating a conflict situation or angering someone or being seen as aggressive or greedy or, as we know, a bitch? Mm -hmm. And I I hear this a lot from women who move into management And they end up doing all the grunt work that they used to do because they don't want to be considered a bitch. So they'd rather do it themselves. It is so self-defeating, Monica. Mm -hmm. And we just got to, you know, get rid of that idea. And then I, you know, I work with them on once they figured out what I call that that backstory, they need to do the the homework and analyze the what I call the pluses and deltas of the risk, Mm -hmm. you know. Talk to people who you respect and who can give you great, solid advice. And if you decide to do it, then you are really clear that you have done your your work and you're really clear about what uh, the possibilities for success <laughs> and failure are going to be. And you go into this with that wonderful, very solidified knowledge. and. You know, I tell my clients, Monica, yes, of course it's gonna be scary. Of course you're gonna have those butterflies in your stomach because you haven't done it before and you might fail, but my gosh, you don't know mm-hmm. how to do it. And I, I tell you, I've been thinking of making a t-shirt lately. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Say with the saying, you've got to fail to succeed. Mm,
1: absolutely, absolutely. That's that's it's the trial and error and learning to fail forward. I, I love to say that. It's like every failure is a learning experience, right? I oh, think. that's great.
2: Thank you. I'm going to steal it. Do you mind? No, no, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, and so, you know, those are some really tangible and really great things of, you know, understanding that yes, it's okay to be scared, but understanding what the consequences, what's giving you pause, like you said. Um, and I think it is one of those things where that we have to do that. And I think for me, what has helped me is I time block it, right? Like I'm going to give myself 24 hours to think about this. And then I'm making a decision and just, you know, with all the information that I can gather in that 24 hours, otherwise I would waste a week or or, or procrastinate on it. So I think, you know, what you said is is so tangible. And, and doable. What if you
0: knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers, and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com/quiz to get your report
1: today. Can you share a little bit about um, self-promotion? This is the one that you know what floors me is that you know from the campus to the c-suite regardless of the individual male or female it's gender agnostic. I mean especially for um, the underrepresented groups our BIPOC professionals where you are Taught, you know, it's the size, the societal norm, right? The cultural nuances of being taught to be humble, put your head down, hearing things that, like, okay, the loudest duck gets shot, or the, you know, you're you're going to get like the the nail in the head, like if you're so don't don't stick out, right? All of those things, and so, it, like you said, we had to go against the grain of what we had been taught self promotion is one of the hardest ones i think that i see for a lot of the women and especially women of color that that you know they either if they start self promoting they get called like you know the loud latina whatever that might be what would you say are some of the things that they can think about in terms of self promoting yeah
2: I, you know i've done this work for now 20 years spoken all over the world given lots of workshops and what i um saw in the last six months. I did a workshop um and one woman who was uh, is African American PhD and she said to me, Peggy, I love this. She said, but I have to tell you that when I touted my accomplishments, and mm-hmm. I she said, I think I did them well, you know, in the story form that you talk about, mm-hmm. I was told don't get too big for your britches. And mm. I, Monica, audibly gasped in yeah. the workshop, mm-hmm. and went back and I started to think about all of the issues that these populations face and that I really hadn't addressed them, even though, like yourself, I've mm-hmm. talked to Latina groups, I've talked to African-American groups. And so um, I created a course called Bragging Beyond Bias, which is an offshoot of mm-hmm. my work because I realized how much they face in the workplace. And so the things that I tell them is, first of all, just like, you know, what I tell everybody is that they've got to look at the these cultural norms that you talk about. I use the term bragging myths that we grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. All snail gets hit first, don't do it, you'll be called out, all those things. And you have to identify your willingness to put them aside and really be courageous in the face of these myths. Mm-hmm. And then to identify your strengths and create what I call a brag bag, mm-hmm. things that you've accomplished, obstacles you've overcome, successes, things that people have told you, you mm-hmm. know, your clients, your boss, your colleague And then, you know, write them down and then create this thing that I call a brag a lot, which I know when I remember that in the brag bites in your pocket. Yes. (laughs) And and it is simply a short, pithy, entertaining story with what I call a few little brag bites put in there Mm -hmm. said with enthusiasm and energy and a delight to be talking about that. And it should be probably no more than about 15 seconds or 20 seconds. And then, um, you know, it's also important for these populations to be very aware of the culture and the organizational feeling about talking about oneself, you know, mm-hmm. if it is something that is, um, you know, really done on the QT, mm-hmm. uh, then you really have to be more subtle about it. Um mm-hmm. But if it's not, then really stretching yourself, mm-hmm. be you know being out there with more of that, and um, and it's all as we know in the way that it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think what you said is being being cognizant of you know that the culture around you, right? Um, and I like to say every organization has its own culture. And we have to learn to be like, like bicultural, right? Or multicultural, right? Multicultural. And, and, you know, when in Rome, do as Romans do, right? And so like find out how are they self promoting or, you know, what is the way that people self promote and then do the same thing? So I love what you said in terms of being cognizant of the culture and then challenging your own brag myths, right, of what you've been taught, and then learning how to um, stretch yourself and, you know, be uncomfortable, like there's growing pains, right? And they say, it, they call it pains for a reason (laughs) that like, there's a little bit of growing pains to grow into it. Um, So I think that's powerful.
2: Let me ask you, um, what were some of the bragging myths that you grew up with?
1: Certainly. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, as a Latina, there's, you know, I, my family, you know, had really strong work ethics of, you know, working really hard. And, um, and so, you know, I remember my grandma, when I left, and she was like, I know, you're doing big things, just, you know, put your head down and work really hard. And, you know, good things will come, which all good intentions. And yes, you know, you do want to put your head down and work hard. But, you know, learning that you do have to pick up your head every now and then and like, you know, raise your hand and say, here's how I'm adding value. And so, you know, always being humble. Um, I, you know, I remember my mom always telling me like, no seas chiflada, which means like, don't, don't be braggadocious, right? Or don't get like too, you know, um, too loud in, in, in bragging, you, you know, about yourself. Um, and so those were the things that I had to unlearn. And, and I think, you know, when we, you know, I knew that I wasn't the only one struggling when we brought you in to speak. I remember so many of the, you know, the, the strategies you shared and so many of the things that you, you shared were the aha moments of, oh my goodness, I, you know, yes, I like totally, you know, that, that is, that's what's happening for me. So it validated a lot of what I was feeling but then you challenged all of us to like, this is what you have to do, right? Um, so, yeah, those were some of the exact same ones of like, you know, be humble um, and the whole like loudest duck gets shot. So, you know, stay quiet and, and it works against you in, 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 um, in the corporate world. So, uh, learning, learning to unlearn that was really
2: hard. Yeah. And, you know, one of the tenets that we all grew up with is humility is a virtue, Yes. And pride cometh before the fall. Well, you know, I say to people, humility is is lovely, but not when it makes one ineffectually humble. Mm. And so we look at it as these two extremes, Monica. We're either disgustingly obnoxious, self-aggrandizing, yeah. condescending, right, or or we are this very humble, meek person, and I. Always say there's a middle ground Mm -hmm. where you can be proud of yourself. And, you know, I had this woman in a workshop. Actually, she came back three times for this workshop. And I finally said to her on the third time, I said, what is it? Am I not? you know, getting this through, I must be a terrible facilitator. She said, no, no, I finally got it, Peggy. I finally really got what you're trying to tell me. I said, really, what is that? She said, you're trying to tell me that I can be proud of myself, like I am proud of my sons, like I am proud of my siblings, my parents, my husband, I tell them all the time. So why can't I be proud of myself? And I thought, that's it you can teach the class now
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> i love it and that's so true it resonates so much like you know we we take pride in you know our siblings our spouse our children whatever that might be but you know you you also have to do that for yourself like i'm proud of myself pat pat yourself on the back and every now and then and and then be able to figure out how you can articulate that in a like you said in a way that doesn't come across as braggadocious um yes. And so I think that's super powerful. Um, Before we dive into the lightning round questions and close out everything, I do want to touch a little bit on, you said something earlier in a conversation we were having about how um, soft skills are actually the hardest things to master. Um, But the soft skills are really what helps individuals become those leaders or those standout leaders when you can master it. Um, Can you talk a little bit about like, if if someone after they get off this and they uh, this this podcast and they say okay i've got to practice the whole self promotion and what other soft skill would you would you say that they need to also think about um honing a little more so that they can get off to a good start of like just starting to self promote and also show a little bit more of that executive presence kind of like just confidence
2: mm, Okay. okay Um, this is like picking my favorite child. If I had one, (laughs) um, wow. All right. I would say, and I'm going to lump this all in with this executive presence idea, Mm -hmm. the ability to communicate with a compelling combination of both warmth and strength, warmth, Mm. Is bringing the best part of yourself, the part that comes out when we are comfortable and at ease, usually with family and friends. So we are able to bring all those wonderful parts of our personality, our caring, our humor, our conversationality, great eye contact, vocal volume, empathy. And then our uh, strength is our expertise, our experience, and you know, expertise, all the things that we know. And together, that combination gives one executive presence. Mm -hmm. And I think if I had to pick the one Mm -hmm. that women should really hone in on, it is this executive presence of bringing together the very best parts of themselves so that whatever situation they're in, whatever stage they're on, whatever level of audience that they are exposed to, that they are able to own that room mm, I love that. and poise under pressure and truly, really be the CEO of that room. And I don't see that. Often enough, even with women who are very successful in their careers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love how you broke
1: down that idea of the, of the executive presence of bringing all the warmth and the strength together and finding that, like, you know, um, that really kind of even mix, right? Of like just that it's that sweet spot. Of the sweet spot and um so i love that um and i don't think i've really heard executive presence described in that way but it's so simple to understand and you know because it some people sway too much to the one side and then like you said you get called the bitch right and then you sway too much to the to the other side and then you are too humble and meek or not strong enough and so there is and it takes practice you know it's easier said than done and it takes practice um, so I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to remember that too, where it's just like sometimes I'm like, I have to take my power back, but I have to still maintain
2: the warmth, right? Um, right. I could do it the hard way, but it's just like, and I would just, you know, ask you and the listeners to do an inventory of the, what I call the pluses and deltas of their personality, their communication, where they exude executive presence and why. And mm-hmm. how, and then where do they lose it? And that's a really quick little template that you can do to hone mm-hmm. in on how it is that you come across. You know, wh- what are the, where are the people that, uh, or who are the people that make you really uncomfortable and make you stammer or lose your train of thought or shift around when you're talking or rate, you know, have your vocal you know, too, yeah, too high. Um, so you've got to you've got to really do some self inventory. Yeah, I love
1: that. And those are so tangible to uh, the the insights are so tangible that you can really think about you know what state am I in in these situations where I come across confident, and then what state am I in that, that like you know I'm I'm not I'm being small. I'm playing small, right? And and I think um, those are just introspective exercises we have to constantly do, because if we don't, then we're going to be out of touch on how people see us. I love that.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, I can talk to you forever and ever. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'm excited to be able to share your knowledge and transfer your knowledge to our listeners. Um, but I, lo- I want to close out by asking some of our favorite lightning round questions um, that, you know, others can kind of go in and um, and kind of follow suit. So if our first question is, what book has greatly influenced you? The 1619 Project. Mm. Oh, I'll have to look into that one. I've heard it before, and I don't think I've ever dug into it.
2: Buckle in, Monica. I will. I will.
1: <laughs> I'm in for a ride.
2: Mm-hmm. Next question. What is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? I don't know what someone else's journey is. Mm, I love that. Yes, be empathetic to that.
0: Mm.
1: What is one word or moniker you would use to describe yourself?
2: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I'll do it. Energizer bunny. I love it. I can see
0: it. And, it, I,
1: and, I, and I've seen it. I witnessed it um, when, you, when you came to speak to us. I love it. What is one change, a habit, a behavior, and action that you implemented
2: that made your life better? All right. I'm going to be a little cheeky here, Monica. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I changed my marital status and moved to Santa Fe. Oh, I love it. <laughs> True vulnerability
1: and authenticity. I love it. And, and you know what? It, it kind of just added more energy to the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> I love it. And here's my favorite. You've been around the world globally, speaking to thousands of people big on small stages, big stages. What is that power song that you love to have
2: playing when you walk out on stage? Here Comes the Sun. Oh, I love that one. Yes. By, either by Richie Havens, I don't uh-huh. know if you're familiar with that, or the Beatles. I'll take either,
1: either one. Yes. I love it. Well, that's going to round out our our playlist. We love to do the podcast guest playlist and share it with our audience. And that one is going to really be a great add to to the playlist. Well, Peggy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We could keep you on for so so much more, but um, I appreciate you gracing us with your time and your wisdom. And um,
2: I'm excited to stay in touch. Me too. I have learned so much from you, Monica. And I can't wait to learn more. And thank you for the work that you're doing. It is absolutely, absolutely. And I
1: know our audience, they do this every single time when I forget. Um, What is the best way for our audience to follow you to connect with you to find your books? Um, And is there anything new that you're you're working on that we should be, you know, keeping our eyes open for?
2: Well, thank you for asking. They can get in touch with me at uh, my website, PeggyKlaus.com. And I do, in addition to the Bragging Beyond Bias Mm -hmm. new program that I've just launched, I piloted a program called Unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And it's for women because of all the things that we talked about. That women have difficulty with it. I have been seeing over the last almost 30 years, mm-hmm. the shadows that really prevent women from stepping out and taking risks and mm-hmm. stepping into their light. And the program is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I am so excited about it. I'm offering it to conferences and corporations, and it can be an interactive keynote or half day, full day, multi-day. So um, that's that's my newest one. I love it. Unstoppable. Well, we'll have all of
1: that information um, on the website as soon as your episode comes out. Uh, and again, it has been amazing having you as our guest. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com where you can subscribe and find show notes, links and the best way to connect with our guests.